Amen. As we stand, we can go to the word of the Lord today. The book of Isaiah, the second chapter, Isaiah 2 and verse 2. Amen. The word of the Lord says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Man, the mountain of the Lord's house is going to be established in the top of the mountains. Amen. In these last days, amen. Turn to a few people and greet them in the name of the Lord Jesus as you're seated today. Man, as we've known about and learned growing up that um, approximately 70% of the earth's surface is filled with water, and so that leaves uh, about 30% or so uh, land left that we can actually walk upon, and that means that is obviously extremely valuable for survival if there's only 30% of land in the world. And of the 30% of land, they say about 6% of that is given to mountains. Uh, now, living in southwest Florida, we're not really sure what this mountain word means. Uh, we don't really see much of that at all down here. Every now and again, we may find ourselves ascending and descending a, a small hill. Um, but our mountains down here are usually made of concrete, and they can be called bridges. Uh, those are pretty tall down here, or even some condos, high-rise condos. Um, those are our mountains down here. Um, and, and so, uh, but when you travel uh, north beyond here or, or anywhere else besides here, you begin to see the terrain change and the skyline change, and it is a beautiful thing to see uh, mountains popping up um, uh, from the earth and ascending into the sky. And um, if you've been anywhere around them, maybe you've lived them or seen them, they are uh, such a sight to behold. Um, and uh, they are the beauty of God's creation in this world. And uh, as, as we see our man-made mountains down here, if you've ever driven through uh, a metropolis or a, a major city that has uh, really big skyscrapers, uh, they tower above you, and you can't help but to feel so small and so insignificant when you look up and your eyes are stretched to try to see the top of such a big building. And you may think, well, what am I compared to such a, a building? What am I, who am I compared to this skyscraper, this giant tower? We, we can feel powerless when we try to compare ourselves to that. We stare at its strength and its, 
it's fortitude, and all the while we just have to admit that our, our weakness and we have uh, we are no match for such a structure. Um, just north uh, east of the city of Atlanta is a structure called the Stone Mountain. And we had the opportunity recently to go visit it and go to its summit. And on top of that mountain, uh, you are 1,686 feet above the ground. And we had the opportunity to stand up there and you look out and you, uh, you see uh, things differently when you're up there. Uh, you can see for miles and you can see the skyline of the city of Atlanta. All those massive buildings uh, that you had to drive through and you felt so small. Um, and you know what? Uh, they don't look so intimidating any longer. When you're standing on a mountain, uh, they don't look so tall because the tallest one is just over a thousand feet tall in Atlanta. And that seems, while it seems impossible when you're standing next to such a big structure, when you're up on Stone Mountain, almost 1,700 feet up, that building, that skyscraper seems so small now. Uh, it's it's the, your perspective change once you go higher up in, in the altitude. All of a sudden, the things that seem so big are now really just so small. One writer said, from the peak of a mountain, a character has a better perspective of things. But isn't it amazing that the higher you go, the smaller the world becomes? The smaller everything becomes, the smaller the problems become, the higher you go. And the highest mountain in the United States is Mount McKinley, and that is about 20,000 feet tall. The highest mountain in the world, as we know, was Mount Everest, 29,029 feet. And you can imagine the view from the top of those mountains. If uh, Stone Mountain had a view, I can only imagine the view from higher mountains. And if you've been on higher mountains, then you uh, can attest to the view that you can see and how everything, uh, your perspective changes. The whole world changes once you're up higher above uh, the situation. People become the size of ants. Cities become just a smidgen on the surface of the earth while standing on the tallest mountain in the world the whole world is literally beneath you what a sight to behold and yet when God opened the windows of heaven and he poured out rain upon this earth thousands of years ago he made sure that the tallest tower would be covered that the highest mountain that this world can ever produce would be covered by water. And we see this in Genesis chapter 7. The waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen, fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. 
What an amazing God that we serve that can cover the highest peak on this world, and he has the power just to send the rain to cover up anything on this earth because he is higher than any mountain that this world can produce. He is higher than any building that we can ever make. He is bigger than any situation that we can come across. That's the God that we can serve, and that he just speaks the word, and the biggest thing in this world is all of a sudden covered under the power that he holds. That should give us a fresh perspective of just how great our God is. That the biggest thing that this earth has made is no match for the power of our God. He is taller than the tallest tower and, and mightier than even Mount Everest. Uh, he's, he, he knows that the highest that we can ever send, the highest we can ever go, God is even higher than that. 1 Kings 8 says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot even contain him. And so uh, the, the heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. That's just a small perspective, a, a glimpse into seeing how great our God is and how big he is. And so uh, that begins to ask us uh, to change our perspective when we're facing a giant, when we're facing a situation that we seem uh, powerless and we can't overcome, we, we don't know how we're going to get around it. We just need to call upon somebody that's bigger than our problem. We're going to call upon Jesus because we know he is greater than any situation out there. <coughs> it's all a matter of perspective. You can stand on the ground and feel like a grasshopper, or you can stand upon a mountain and feel like you can take, take charge of over anything that you see because everything has shifted because our perspective changes. Um, and in order to do that, we just need to go up. We don't need to put our head down or, or keep looking down. We need to start looking, turning our heads up and start going higher and higher into the clouds and changing our altitude. And We need to be lifted up above our problems, above our fears, and above our doubts. <coughs> Excuse me. And so when we look at a mountain, we may think, uh, many things. We may be caught up by its beauty, its majesty. Uh, we 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 can look at its strength, how it's how it's it's standing there. We see this uh, massive giant rock, and we know that it is immovable. It's it's we can't do anything about it. I mean, even our most powerful weapons uh, can't really do much against a mountain. That is why uh, the government has the secret, you know. Uh, underground bunkers, and when the world blows itself up, uh, they they will have their uh, offices safe underneath underneath mountains. They've they've dug them into mountains because they know that mountain will will uh, protect them even against our most powerful missiles, uh, even against all, all the weapons that man can fire at one another. There's a reason why the government digs deep down inside a mountain to hide to protect itself because it knows uh, that a mountain is immovable and nothing is going to change that or move it out of the way. We see how, st how tall it stands, uh, even amidst 
the elements and the, the wind blows and the mountain is still there. Uh, the rains fall and the mountain doesn't melt away. Heavy snows cover it and it doesn't sink underneath the weight of that because the mountain displays uh, its strength. And here down in, in hurricane country, we are, we are keen to the, the strength of structures. We want our houses to be strong, uh, as strong as possible, especially when hurricanes and storms come our way. And homes have to be built to withstand the winds and rains of hurricane because it's a natural thing that happens down here. And so when a hurricane is actually coming and it's on track uh, to come uh, to this area, we fortify our windows and our doors and our openings to, to stand against and protect ourselves and our families against whatever storm is coming our way. But what if your house was surrounded by structures that were much stronger and taller than your house? What if, uh, let's say, what if, what if you could say, uh, uh, you could put mountains, if you could push a button and all of a sudden, boop, mountains would, would, would pop up around your house and your, and your house would be in the middle of, of a mountain range. That would, you'd feel a lot safer, wouldn't you? At least I would. Uh, and so... If a hurricane was coming and you had mountains on every side of you, um, you're going to feel a little bit safer because you know that at first that storm has to first hit that mountain and you know that that mountain is not going to go anywhere. Uh, and so who's going to win the fight, a mountain or a hurricane? Either the mountain is going to become weaker or the hurricane becomes weaker. And as we know, down in hurricane country, every time a hurricane is headed our way, we hope and it prays, uh, pray that it hits the mountains of Hispaniola or the mountains of Cuba. Hit those, go over those mountains before it comes here uh, because uh, we know mountains are going to weaken the storm. The mountains stand firm against any storm that comes our way and it's going to be there uh, even after the storm passes and so... We know a storm is no match for a mountain. The winds are going to blow against it and the rains are going to come down on it. But after the dust settles, that mountain is still going to be there. And again, imagine if your house was surrounded by mountains. It wouldn't matter how strong the hurricane was. You would feel a whole lot safer knowing that you have the protection of the mountains and at, at, at what point uh, would we uh, be worried about what is going to happen? If, if everything is, is safe and secure by our surroundings, uh, we know we can put our trust in the strength of the mountain. Standing on top of a mountain gives us a different perspective of what that little storm cloud can do. But I can't help to think that a mountain can be a depiction of our God, how strong our God is. He is strong and he is immovable and nothing can, can get past him. Nothing can blow him over. He's going to be there. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. No matter what comes our way, God is our mountain and we can look to him for protection. And he stands between me and my storm. And all I have to do is call upon his name. And he's going to be there for us. <coughs> Proverbs 18 and 10 says, 
the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and is safe. We don't have to worry about what's coming our way. We just got to know the name of the Lord, and we got to begin to call upon him and call upon him in prayer, and we can feel his presence come around us, and we can feel safe and secure because he is a strong tower, and we can run into him and be safe. Psalms 125 says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Who does that apply to? That applies to those who trust in the Lord. The Bible says if you trust in God, you can be as strong as a mountain. You can plant your feet down and say, I'm not going anywhere. I know who my God is, and I'm going to call upon him, and I'm going to believe in him, and I'm going to trust in him, and in my faith, I'm going to be as strong as a mountain, cannot be moved, but abideth forever. Amen. I'm thankful that I can find that strength and that assurance in the word of God that tells me that I can be strong as a mountain. We need to tell that to ourselves frequently because the devil tries to remind us of how weak we are and how frail we are and how messed up we are and and about our past and all of our faults and failures. But, hey, we need to remind him, Psalms 125 says, hey, if I'm trusting in God, I'm going to be as strong as a mountain. When I am weak, I am strong in him. I'm going to call upon him. I'm going to bring him into my situation, and we're not going to go anywhere. The winds of this world are going to blow, but we're going to plant our feet. We're going to be strong as a mountain and say we're trusting in God, and he's going to make a way. Verse 2, as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. That's comforting as well, that I, I can be a mountain as a mountain trusting in God, but also... Uh, Lord, the Lord comes and he provides protection for us and he surrounds his people that call upon the name of the Lord and he will be there uh, forever. It doesn't say he's going to leave us. It says even forever. That means I know God's always going to be there for me. He's not going to leave me or forsake me. My mountain is not going to disappear. My protection is not going to go away whenever the winds start coming, when the storms start coming. Hey, I have a mountain. I have a strong tower, and that is the name of the Lord that I'm going to run to, and I'm going to call upon, and I'm going to seek after, and I'm going to find him wherever he may be because that's where I need to go for safety and refuge from the things and the storms of this life and this world. That changes our perspective a little bit. That makes our giants so much smaller when I have a mountain that I can go to and God's going to be there for me. Knowing that they that trust in the Lord are going to be like a mountain and cannot be removed. Not only will I be like a mountain, but the Lord will surround us as a mountain himself. Psalms 18 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom will I trust, 
He is my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. That seems like God is not going anywhere, that I can trust upon him and stand upon his word. And verse 3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And even though the sorrows of death come past me and the floods of the ungodly men made me afraid, and the sorrows of hell come past me about, and, and the snares prevented me. He's really getting to our level, describing our situations as well. But in my distress, I called upon the Lord and, he, and cried unto my God, and he heard me. Aren't you thankful that God hears our cry and that he's not very far from us? He heard me out of my voice, out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Amen. Our God may seem, sometimes he may seem like he's not there, but he's always listening. He always has his ear to the ground looking and listening for the voice of his people crying out, those that call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. And the earth shook and trembled, and the foundation also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was, he was wroth. Now, God is getting mad because of what is happening to one of his children. And it, say, it describes it as the whole earth is shaking and trembling at the anger uh, of the wrath of our God. Amen. And so it doesn't matter uh, how intimidating our, the giant may be or how bad the situation is uh, or how tall the giant or the mountain is. Our God, once he hears the voice of his children crying out, he can really start to shake things up. The world itself can shake and tremble uh, when God uh, begins to step in and save his children. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it, and, and he bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. That's where the darkness is going to be. It's always under the feet of God. The darkness never has the power it, it tries to tell you because it is under the feet of God. God is victorious, and we should not be afraid of the darkness. Amen. And um, lost my place. Verse 9. He bowed the heavens also, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. No matter how bad the wind blows, God is all, it's a, God, the wind is underneath God. He's riding upon the wings of the wind. He rode upon the cherub and he, he made darkness his secret place, his pavilion. Round about him were dark waters and thick clouds as of, of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, and hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows, and he scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. And then the channels of the waters were seen, and the foundations of the world uh, were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent from above and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He 
delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. That's okay if your enemy is stronger than you. That's we look up. We look to Jesus because we know he can deliver us. He can pull us out of that situation because they may be stronger than us, but they're not stronger than our God. They're not stronger than my mountain, than my strong tower that I'm going to call upon, and he can deliver us out of away from our strong enemy. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place, and he delivered me because he delighted in me. I'm here to tell you, do not, don't believe the lies of the devil. God loves you, and he delights in you, and he will do what he can. He will change uh, the things of this world to bring you out because he delights in you, and he will deliver you from your situation. We just have to know how to call upon his name. We just got to know how to get a hold of God, amen, and seek him out, amen, and he can do the rest. I'm so glad that Jesus is my rock and my mountain and that I can trust in him and he's not going to go away. The storms are not going to blow him away, amen, and he is going to be there when I call, amen. And as magnificent and as mighty as a mountain is, we stare at its unwavering strength in its unmovable and unshakable power. And we know that our God is greater than any mountain. Amen. And uh, he is even so great that God can melt mountains like as wax. Micah tells us, For behold, the Lord cometh forth out of his place and will come down and will tread upon the high places of the earth and the mountains shall be molten under him, and the valleys shall be a cleft as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured out to a, de- a steep place. And so uh, we, we take refuge and we take strength uh, and security in the strength of a mountain, but our God is so much greater that he can take Mount Everest and he can just speak a word and it becomes and just melts like wax. In the book of Revelation, it talks about people fleeing to the mountains and hills for safety and refuge. And what happens, the mountains, God just speaks a word and the mountains just fall upon them. Uh, Even the world knows that if you want a safe place, you go to the mountain. But if they would only realize they need to turn to the word of God and they find there is a mountain that they can run to that will not disappear, that will not melt like wax, and that is the name of the Lord, and he will be a mountain for us, a a strong tower for us. And so that is why we need to call upon his name because even Mount Everest can melt, melt like wax in the presence of God. And if God has that much power... Who are we just to kind of nonchalantly walk through the doors of the church and just, you know, without thanksgiving in our heart, without praise on our lips? Who are we to casually walk into his presence like we deserve to be here and uh, this is all, we are all privileged to be here for uh, all of this. If, if the mountains are commanded to praise the Lord, then we had better be praising God as well. 
Psalms 148, praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. Fire and hail and snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all the judges of the earth, both young men and maidens and old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above all the earth and the heaven. And so we know that we are uh, commanded and called to praise God. But did you know that even the mountains, as we had just read, even the mountains are commanded by the word of God to praise the name of the Lord. And lift. And every beast and fowl is also commanded to praise the Lord. And, and they do that uh, in the way that they were made uh, to give him glory, and um, but even eventually, the Bible says if we don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. We know that they're worshiping God and giving God glory, but if mankind will not worship God, then we're going to hear the voice of the rocks, the voice of the mountain praising the name of the Lord. Why? Because they were commanded to, and so if the, if the rocks were commanded to, if the mountains were commanded to praise God, We should be praising God without hesitation. We shouldn't have to feel good to praise God. Hey, every single day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. No matter what we're facing, no matter what's going through, we have a reason to rejoice and to give God praise. Amen. Because God has been too good to us. Our text says, uh, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. So in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house is going to be on top of the mountains. That brings, uh, to me, reading that and understanding that, brings comfort to me knowing that in the end, God is going to be on top. In the end, no matter how bad this world gets, the Bible says, hey, it's going to get bad and dark and ugly, but hey, the Lord's house is going to be on top of the mountains, and <laughs> excuse me, and everything is going to be beneath him. And so we know that we can trust in God, that our current situation is not final, that whatever I'm going through now, no matter how bad it may be, No matter how low I may get, no matter how deep this valley is, I know that this place is not my home, that we're just passing through. We're just looking for the mountain of God. Where's that mountain at? That's where my final destination is. That's where we're going. We're going to the mountain of the house of God on top of the mountains, and and the devil wants us to quit, and the devil wants us to give up, and he wants me to admit it's too hard. Why? Because he knows what is waiting for me. That if I don't give up, if I don't quit, and if I don't throw in the towel, if we keep on marching on, taking another step of faith, even though we're unsure of how things are going to work out, we still need to be moving forward, even taking little steps of faith. I know it's going to work out somehow. I know that in the last days, we're going to be in the Lord's house, in the top of the mountains, and all nations are going to flow to it. As David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil. Why? Because we're headed to the mountain. To get to the mountain, you got to pass through the valley. You got to go through some dark times and some hard trials. But hey, that just means we're on the right path. Eventually, the terrain is going to start moving up and we're going to start climbing up higher, higher and higher. And it may be dark, it may be tough, and it may be painful. We may have pain in our body now, but that's okay. Just a little while longer, and we're going to be in the Lord's house on the top of the mountains, and God is going to be victorious and get all the glory. But we just got to keep walking by faith and not by sight. And then one day, soon and very soon, we'll be on the mountain in the house of God on the top of the mountains. Amen. Romans 8 and 18 says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. We, we, our, our perspective is, is right here now and what we're going through. But uh, in the last days, up on the mountaintop, if you're able to look back and see your situation, you say, man, that was nothing at all. It, it seems so big right now. It seems so hard right now. The enemy seems so strong. But, hey, there's coming a day we're going to look up there and we're going to look around and say, man, it's not even worthy to be compared to what, I, what the glory that is revealed in us, what God has in store for his people. We have no idea, but we need to learn to seek after him. So that he can be there for us. All nations shall flow to the mountain of the Lord. That means that the Lord's house will be the highest, will, the high point on the earth. Of all nations are going to flow to it. No other kingdom is going to be higher than the kingdom of God. There will be no greater king than the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so every high thing is going to be brought down. Every high official will be brought down. Every superpower nation will be brought down, and that includes America. Every king and every president and every leader and everyone with authority will be brought down. Why? Because uh, the Lord's house is going to be established in the, ha in the mountains and all nations are going to flow to it. That means that all power and authority is going to be there and everyone is going to bow and worship before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I, that gives me comfort and strength to know that one day that's going to happen. But hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship him now. I'm going to get a hold of Jesus right now while I can. Might as well, right? This world doesn't offer any solutions, anything. Uh, they're all quick fix things. They never last. But hey, our God is a strong tower. He is our mountain that we can run to, and he's going to be there, amen, for us in times of need. Isaiah 2 and 12, for the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low. And so the enemy that we are facing now is going to be brought down. Whether today or tomorrow or 10 years from now, at one point that enemy is going to go down. No matter how tall your giant is, he's coming down one day. No matter how big your devil is, 
He's going to be made low one day. Your battle may be tough, and your, in, uh, your enemy may be strong, but you know that your enemy is coming down one way or another. They're not going to stand. They're not going to prosper against our God because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth, everything is going to be brought low because... There's only one that sits upon the throne. There's only one who is all-powerful. There's only one who is above all else, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and no sense in waiting for that day. I'm going to let him be the king of my life right now. I'm gonna, I'll be brought low myself. I'll humble myself and, and get upon the altar and, and, and let him be Lord of my life because we know that there's no one or nothing greater than our God. And so you might as well get in, get on his good side now, right? And we don't do that just to get on his good side, but we do that because we need to be on his side. I need to be, I need to be in his presence. I need his grace and his mercy. I need his, his life-saving blood to be poured out upon my life because without it, I am nothing. We're lost and we have no hope, but I'm thankful for the mercy and grace of God that he can give us everything that we need. Amen. Musicians, if you would come. No matter where each of us are in the journey of life, we all know that our home is not here, but it's in the top of the mountains. Uh, we're just passing through, so our course has been set the coordinates have been established by the word of God. We're going to the mountain of God. We're moving on up. We're passing through. We're not going to get held down by our situation. But, hey, we've got a destination to go. We've got to keep on taking one more step because we are headed to the high place where God is going to be there with us and lead us to that place. And if you're crazy enough to attempt climb Mount Everest, 29,029 feet, what would you bring on your journey to the top of the mountain? You stand with me today. The most common mistake that climbers make is that they overpack and that they bring too much stuff. Weigh, they weigh themselves down. So much things. You can't get to the top unless you start letting things go. You got to let go of some things. The, the trick is to get rid of unnecessary weight. Leave behind the things that uh, are not necessary. When you're going to the top of the mountain, you only need to be carrying the bare essentials. You don't need to be strapped down with all these extra weight and things because it affects you. It affects your walk. It'll, it'll wear you down sooner And when you're holding on to all these burdens and baggage in your life that, that you shouldn't be holding on to. When you go mountain climbing, every pound makes a difference. If you're carrying a 70-pound bag on your shoulders, you could get a two-day head start. But within a few days, the guy who packed 30 pounds is going to pass you. Every pound matters when you're going up to the mountain. 
Every pound makes a difference and too many of us are carrying too much weight. When God says, cast your cares upon me, there's a reason he tells us to get rid of our weight, to lay everything down. Why? Because it's weary. It wears us down. And he knows the journey can be long and it can be tough at times. But hey, if we learn to let things go and to lay them down at the altar and to lay them at the foot of the cross, we know that God's going to take care of the need. We don't have to bear the burden of worrying about that anymore because we've let it go. Because we have our destination. We're trying to get to the house of God and the mountaintop and so we don't need to be carrying all these things. The biggest, the biggest weight in our life is the burden of sin, the condemnation that brings with it. And we know that uh, through repentance and being baptized in the precious name of Jesus washes away our past. We, we can let go of our past. We can, even though it's full of mistakes and, and failures, Jesus said, hey, if you get baptized in my name and you call upon my name, we can wash away your past and you can become a new creature in Christ. Amen. And so that's going to help lighten your load, doesn't it? So because you now have a, a destination in mind. Now your course has been altered. Now you have a place to go to the mountain of God. We can carry anger and bitterness longer than we should. We don't think it has an impact on us, but it does. It'll wear you down. It'll stress out your heart. Even the physical things we do can have an impact on us. And so we wonder why we feel so beat down, so weary and wor worrisome. And I know if we're going through hard times, it's, it's stressful enough. But those things, we should ex they're, they're going to be there. They're always going to be there. And so why would we want to go through a hard time carrying uh, extra baggage, carrying on, holding on to things we should not need? And we wonder why our spirit and our soul is so tired. We have all this extra weight. Every pound makes a difference. Carrying weights that we shouldn't be carrying. Holding on to habits or traditions or addictions, things that are holding us down and holding us back. When Moses ascended the mountain of God, did he load up his 70-pound backpack and say, I got to go. God's calling me. I got to get everything I need. I need bags of food and all these things. You never know. Moses, he just, took, he just walked up there. And he was up there 40 days and 40 nights. Didn't even bring a water bottle. How in the world did he make it? Because he's in the house of God. You let go of everything and you just get into the house of God and God will stay taking care of your needs. God will worry about the small things. He'll worry about the little details, but we got to ascend to the mountain. We got to go there. Forget about those things and lay them down. Say, God, I need to be there. I want to go to the mountain with you because I know that's where I find safety and refuge and strength from my situation. Man, and so we need to lay things down. God, you've got a calling in my life. You've got a purpose and a plan for me. And we're trying and we're trying to, to do what we can. And But sometimes we just feel all weighed down and bogged down. Maybe there's some things we're holding on to that we need to let go. Your addiction is not going to let you reach the top of the mountain. 
that entertainment or ungodly uh, entertainment is going to hold you back from going as high as you are called to go. Whatever you are bound by is not going to release you because it knows that if you get up there, that there's no stopping you. There's no stopping the things of God that he has planned for us, but we need to make sure we're not carrying all this extra weight uh, because it's hindering, can hinder our walk and slow us down. I don't know about you, but I want to get to the mountain of God. I want to cleanse my heart and my soul because we're going to the mountaintop and we're going to the Lord's house and we got to prepare and make sure we're ready to go there. Amen. Does anyone want to go to that mountain? Does anyone want to go to the house of God today? Amen. I want to open up these altars to those who want to come and seek the face of God as we sing and worship. By those who want to lay something down, God, I don't know what it is, but my soul is troubled. I need to lay this down, God. I need to give it to you, God. God, help me, Lord, to draw close to you. Lead me, Jesus. Lead me to that, to that altar, God. Lead me to that mountain. Will you come? Will you come and seek the face of God? God, Lord, I need you in my life. I need a, I need a word. I need a, a touch from you today. The journey's been hard. I'm worn out, God. I need a refreshing. Well, that refreshing is here today. Come on, come and get what you need from God today. Come and seek the face of God.
security from our ever-present. He is our ever-present help. Amen. In a time of need, aren't you thankful for the hand of God in your life? Amen. We know that God is, is here, active in our life, and leading us to where he wants us to go. Amen. And so we're going to make sure we're following him. So many distractions, so many things out there that try to pull people away and, and aside and pull them away from where God is calling them. But hey, I want to stay focused because we got a place we're going, right? The house of God and the top of the mountains. What a place to be. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Greet one another as, you're, as you leave and are dismissed today.